Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933. Online at mypremierortho.com. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today we're going to talk about the uh, issue of bullying. Joining us in the studio are three guests. Uh, Becky Rose is the Director of Student Services for the Monroe County Community School Corporation. Gary Playford is an instructor at the IU School of Social Work and author of Bullying in the Brain. And Lucy Berger is here. She's Director of Operations at Girls, Inc. of Monroe County. You can uh, join us on the program by calling 855-0811 or toll-free 877-285-9348. Or you can join a live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. And while you're on online, you can feel free to follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. So thanks for being here, everybody. Hi, Bob. Nice to, nice to have you, Gary. It's nice to see you. I, you you're retired from the MCCSC, right? Yes, and, I am. Right. Yeah, it's what, good to be here. What was your last position there? I was director of social services. Uh, okay. Yeah, I knew that you had a long history with, mm-hmm. with topics like this. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up, um, I know Becky's had to deal with this at the MCCSC. There was a, a death of a student recently, a 15-year-old, and uh, social media sort of blew up saying it was uh, tied to bullying. And I think that's one thing that really brought this issue to the forefront, even though there's been really no evidence that it was a bullying issue. Right, Becky? Correct. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're not going to be talking about that specific case today because there's no evidence that was bullying. But it uh, certainly brought the issue into uh, the forefront. And um, I guess I'll I'll turn to Gary first. I mean, can you talk a little bit about your research into, uh, into bullying? Okay, well, that's quite a topic. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give us a little preview, the synopsis. Well, what I've tried to do, what I tried to do in my book is uh, help educators and parents understand some things they can do to address uh, bullying. And my book is called Bullying and the Brain. And I try to address some of the things that we have learned about uh, brain research and emotional intelligence research, and how we can use some of that thing, some of that uh, research in bullying. For example, we need to. One of the things we need to do is uh, try to build emotional intelligence with children. It, emotional intelligence is not innate; it's learned, and it's typically learned by being modeled. Um, and some of the modeling that we see for students right now through television and movies and uh, the, some of the rap music all the, isn't kind of the kind of modeling that we really want. So as parents and educators, we need to do some things to make sure we are modeling the kind of values and kind of behaviors that we really want. And we can use uh, building emotional intelligence to, to do that kind of thing. Are, are we really talking about empathy? Well, empathy is part of it, yes, because – uh, the first domain of emotional intelligence is recognizing emotions. And if you can't recognize the emotions of someone else, there's no way you can feel empathy for other people. And bullies typically don't feel empathy for their victims. Uh, that's one of the issues. And especially when you get into cyberbullying, because with cyberbullying, uh, you can't see the person. It's not face-to-face. And so you really can't feel empathy for them because, you know, they're not there. So you can't feel it. So that's one of the issues that, that you know, uh, needs to be addressed. Did you, in your book, did you focus on the um, the bully or the person on the receiving end of the bullying or both as far as the brain chemistry? Because I, I think that's just so fascinating, the concept. Well, actually, <laughs> there are three – if you look at, at – children, at students, there are three categories. You have bullies, you have victims, and you have bystanders. Hmm. And really, you need to address all three. Of course, that Because if you can build empathy on the part of the bystander, then you can start creating a culture, uh, an atmosphere in schools where bullying is not tolerated, mm-hmm. is not accepted. Mm-hmm. And that's how you really start to have an impact. So you really need to address all three. And parents need to talk to their children about all three categories. We don't expect you to be a bully. We don't if you're if you are bullied, we expect you to tell us you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. most children don't tell that. Uh, 
there was a study that 58 percent of, of adolescents who are cyberbullied, for example, have not told their parents about it. That's almost three out of five. Hmm. You know, so, so a lot of kids are being cyberbullied, and they're not talking about it. The parents don't know. And that's one of the reasons kids will commit suicide or will get involved with drugs and alcohol or will get involved with cutting and self-mutilation, all those kinds of things that can happen <coughs> short of suicide. Um, but, um, you know, that happens. And, and so we need to get involved and, and, and stop that. I'm really glad you mentioned that third category because I, I hadn't thought about that. But, of course, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I want to go to, to Becky and to Lucy. You both work with a lot of kids today. Mm-hmm. And, and I want you can react to anything that Gary said, of course. <laughs> but, but first, I want to sort of set the stage with a definition of bullying. And what, how would you define it and what kinds of things do you see? I'm going to let you go first. Becky. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I actually have a definition of bullying okay. right in front of me that we um, do educate our students and as well as our educators on. Um, it is defined as an overt, repeated act or gesture, including verbal or written communication transmitted, physical acts committed, or any other behavior committed by a student or group of students against another student with the intent to harass, ridicule, humiliate, or harm the other student. So that is the long version of of what the definition of bullying is. Um, And, you know, what we try to reinforce to parents and students and educators is that bullying is a situation where there are repeated acts. Um, Oftentimes we have students who come into the office um, upset about a situation that may have occurred. And in talking to the student and learning more, we find out that it was a one-time conflict. And that issue definitely needs to be addressed. And we do continue to um, work with the students who were involved in that situation. But um, sometimes it is important to help students and parents understand the difference between when you have a one-time conflict and resolving that conflict and um, the difference between that and actually identifying something as bullying, where it's something that's been going on for a while, um, there's been more than one incident, and um, then investigating it a little bit deeper from there. Mm-hmm. Lucy? Well, I definitely agree with everything mm-hmm. Becky said. Um, you know, I think bullying goes, especially, I work with girls, and it can be really hard to pick out those bullies because a lot of times it's almost a, a lack of action that's going on. It's like, well, some we were friends with somebody, and now we're going to just not be friends with the them. The shun. Yeah, the shun. Mm-hmm. And as girls, I'm sure we can understand that. Um, I think it's pretty prevalent, and it can go further, and it, it really hurts kids that are on the receiving end of that. And I think it hurts the the kids involved in it as well, and they may not realize it so much. Um, it will, I don't know. It's such a hard thing to catch, and it, they're so – sometimes they're really subversive about it. Yeah. Right, right. Well, oh, no, go ahead. Well, I've got Sierra from the uh, – she's the Prevention Programs Coordinator from Middleway House, and uh, she writes in. She says she's listening, and she wonders what the youth workers on the show think about the media's use of the word bullying to cover all sorts of federally regulated behaviors such as sexual harassment. Do you think the media uses the word appropriately? Um, I mean, I'll make a quick comment. I do think that bullying is a hot topic in our society right now. Um, And I think um, sometimes uh, the term bullying is used to cover a lot of different situations that might be going on. The example I just gave, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's actually a conflict. It's not necessarily bullying. Um, And in terms of um, sexual harassment, I know that um, harassment and bullying do get – they are interchanged frequently. Um, When something turns to to sexual harassment, though, I think that that is definitely a category that needs to be separated out. And, you know, those situations need to be handled um, a little bit differently depending on the the situation. So um, I I do see that happening a little bit. um, And, you know, I think it is something we need to be aware of. I'd like to add to that, too. Uh, Another issue that's often thrown in there that's misunderstood (coughs) is hazing. Yes. Uh, they'll talk mm-hmm. about hazing, and mm-hmm. and often you'll see um, in the news people talking about hazing or it was hazing or it was bullying. And sometimes they're very wrong about what it really was. Um, bullying is is 
the intent to to do harm, physical or, mm-hmm. or emotional harm to someone else. Hazing is done with the intent of including someone in a group. So often the person mm-hmm. being hazed is mm-hmm. a willing participant initially. Now, it may go well beyond what they expected, uh, and it could turn into bullying. But, but often um, there was a case a couple of years ago with a basketball team up in Indianapolis, and they were saying this is hazing, and it, there was no way. These, the kids who were being victimized were not willing participants in this. Mm-hmm. This was not hazing. It was... It was bullying. In fact, it was sexual mm-hmm. um, harassment mm-hmm. and beyond that. But uh, but often they mix up the terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She writes back and says sexual harassment and, and sexual assault includes repeated intentional abuse that is sexual in nature. And um, she's asking, uh, how is the distinction made by the MCCSC school administrators between bullying and um, sexual harassment and sexual abuse? Um, well, we do have um, a student harassment policy that we follow, and um, when we follow our, our policy on harassment, we definitely identify um, if it was sexual in nature um, or not. Um, so, um, again, when we're investigating what the situation is, we are sure to identify that. Um, if there is um, the possibility of child sexual abuse, um, you know, we'd most definitely report that immediately. Mm-hmm to Child Protective Services as well. Um, so as far as how we um, identify the difference, it's it's mainly learning more about the situation, investigating, and then um, proceeding accordingly with Child Protective Services or law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At what point, yeah, I know. I, I, I could see how this could get to the point um, where it would be so severe that you would need to involve lo- law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had to do that in your job before? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are situations where it does reach a level where law enforcement definitely needs to be involved. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, as a member of the media, <laughs> I would say Sierra brings up a really good point. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. always get it right, um, but there are, so, you know, I think we, we, I can't speak for all the media, but I, I could speak for, you know, the ones that I know about. I think we do recognize differences between bullying, which is, you know, you don't see in police beat, you know, a crime of bullying. I mean, it's sort of a right. an act, and, but we do see, you know, sexual assault, and we know that that's a different animal altogether, or I, we should know that that's, mm-hmm. that's different. Um, and also, you know, when we're talking, as we're talking about words, I mean, bullying as a verb comes from bully as a noun. And people who are bullies come in all shapes and sizes and all ages. And we're talking about basically adolescent bullying today. But, you know, bosses can be bullies. Uh, coaches can be bullies. Uh, there are, you know, all, all sorts of bullies. So. That's true. Uh, um, I'd like to make another point there, too. Um, just because a, a child bullies um, – doesn't mean that that child is a bad child. Um, adolescents, they have um, limited emotional intelligence. It's developing. Uh, the The peer group is is really important. Um, they don't have the ego strength to do a lot of things on their own. So um, that's why the that's why the peer group is so you know so important. Um, how many middle, middle school girls does it take to go to the restroom? <laughs> Um, it takes a it herd. takes at least two middle-aged ladies to go if you're in a restaurant. <laughs> but that's that's a little bit different. But but the, but the point is, it's it's ego strength, and that's why the peer group is so important to them because they need that support, and that's why kids will do things to try to impress their peer group. So. So they will do things, and sometimes they'll get involved with with negative things like bullying someone else to look better, you know, or to put them down, or think they'll be popular if they do this. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the child doing it is evil, is you know, a, a bad person. But it need, means they need our guidance. We need to get involved and have some conversations with mm-hmm. school officials, parents. Uh, we need to correct that, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's the issue. And it mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're a bad person, but. The behavior is not appropriate, and we need to intervene so it doesn't continue down that road. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the phones. We have Stan on the phone. Stan? Hi. uh, I've been listening, and it it seems to me that we're talking about uh, children primarily in institutional settings, and given the the budget cuts back, it, uh, it, it seems to me that there is a greater need for staffing um. In, in, in order to have sufficient adults who are trained to assist children in growing up into into adulthood. 
Becky, you want to respond to that? <laughs> <laughs> MCCSC has has a good sized staff now. Um, yeah, we do. And um, you know, I think um, one of the the points that I'd like to make. Um, is we are trying to increase the education that we provide for teachers and staff on, um, you know, what to look for in students who might be um, targets of bullying um, or um, if you notice that bullying is happening, um, how to respond and how to be helpful, also how to model, um, you know, appropriate interactions and, um, again, to kind of create that climate and that culture within the school so that students do feel safe. Um, So while we do have our guidance counselors and our social workers available to help address specific issues that are going on, and they, of course, have a lot of training and um, experience in working with these situations, we we are trying to make sure that all educators in the building and all staff in the building have some education on, and just a general awareness of how important this this topic is and and how to respond in those situations. This is a good follow-up from Sierra, uh, again, from Middleway house. Uh, She says uh, she wanted us to know that she's addressing this as an ally who is working with MCCSC. We at Middleway House have taught violence prevention in collaboration with MCCSC to all Bloomington's 7th and 10th graders since 1989. She just wants it to be clear that uh, they are so thankful that MCCSC has taken it upon themselves to stop teen dating violence, including interpersonal violence and other relationships in their schools via education for the last 14 years. Uh, she says Becky Rose is an amazing ally, and they are very <laughs> thank thankful. you, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I think it's also, if I can add, uh, sure. I think it's important that that they are doing things that you know Becky's group and and that they're doing some things because the schools have to be involved because in in schools, this is where bullying occurs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in in schools and in other organizations, uh, because it's not the schools cause the bullying, but this is where kids congregate, right. yeah, sure. and this is where it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen where they congregate. So, uh, it, so it is important. You know, mm-hmm. that, that schools do, and I, I'm. Absolutely, and And we do also rely on our our community partners. You know, Middleway, as Sierra said, has been great, and then um, Lucy with with Girls Inc. is another example of you know when the students do go home or when they do go to an after school program, um, making sure that they're they're getting all of those messages reinforced. So, Mm -hmm. well, let's talk about the different kinds of uh, bullying uh, because I know it's not certainly Gary mentioned cyberbullying earlier. And, you know, obviously it's not just physical bullying anymore. And, uh, Lucy, you probably see some of the other kind of bullying at yeah. Girls Inc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, we see bullying occasionally. We really um, try to provide a really safe place for the kids to come every day. And um, we really try to work on the emotional talent, intelligence that Gary was talking about. Um, we have a very strict – our pretty – well set out self-discipline policy for the girls. This includes during summer camp and after school programs and anything else that we run, where we encourage kids to sit down and talk through their differences with an adult present. Um, We talk about bullying in staff trainings um, Mm -hmm. frequently, and in fact, our summer camp training will definitely address this coming up in the next week. Um, But we really work with the girls to talk about, let's talk about what's going on instead of just kind of skirting around the issue, talk about their feelings, and learn how to deal with people interpersonally. Um, we can't always head off the bullying right at right at the, the head of it. You know, mm-hmm. we can't catch the cyber bullying. A lot of the mm-hmm. times we sometimes we hear the end of it. What happened at school today mm-hmm. or what happened, what's going on with your friends? So we try to be very supportive and, and help those kids that are dealing with that. And if that means contacting parents or schools or anything else, we try to be an advocate for the girls mm-hmm. that are going through this. And we try to be an advocate for the girls that are actually doing the bullying as well. If they can figure out if we can show them what they're doing and how harmful it can be um, in in a really positive way, that's our, that's our goal. Because like Gary was saying, they're not bad kids. A lot of times they're just feeding off of the group mentality. Well, it so, is power. Yeah, it, it is. And and I think that's, they are, they're at an age, you know, and when you're in school, you're experimenting and learning what power is and how to use it appropriately. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it makes sense that uh, that kind of experimentation would take place. Do you have, um, you and your staff have kind of a set of 
um, things that you look for, like, you know, one girl who's constantly over by herself or, you know, are there certain things you look for or do you just keep your eyes and ears open? Or We try to keep our eyes and ears open. Um, we do obviously look for those things where kids seem to be retracting from their social groups or um, seem to be forlorn forlorn in the center. Um, mm-hmm. We really do keep our eyes out for that, but sometimes it's really hard to catch because when they come to our building, they're they're different people, I think, sometimes than they at, are at school. They have a different set of friends. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of schools mixing together, so they're in a completely different dynamic, and we not mm-hmm. might not be able to catch what's going on in the school because they might just say, thank goodness I'm in a different place if this is happening to me, or you know, the bully at school might not be the bully at Girls, Inc. So mm-hmm. uh, it can be hard to catch. But we do have um, programs as well to help kids with this. We have Allies in Action, which talks about bullying and peer pressure, um, as well as some other programs for our older kids about peer pressure and how to how to deal with your social group trying to get you to do stuff you don't feel comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a, a, an early break because we, we know we're going to get rolling here in the second half. There are a lot of things that, that we're going to yeah. want to talk about, about how to prevent bullying and how to identify you know, on your own kid and, and what bystanders should do and a lot of different things. So we're talking about the issue of bullying uh, with Gary Playford, an instructor at the IU School of Social Work and the author of Bullying in the Brain, as well as Becky Rose, Director of Student Services for the MCCSC, and Lucy Lucy Berger, Director of Operations at Girls, Inc. of Monroe County. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net and from Premier Ortho, online at mypremierortho.com. You can take WFIU with you by downloading podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Dune Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8.30 during Morning Edition, just before Noon Edition, and at 5.45 during All Things Considered. They're also archived on our website, WFIU.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. We're talking about a very difficult issue today, a very troubling issue, bullying, uh, with three people who uh, are experts in the topic. Becky Rose, Director of Student Services for the Monroe County Community School Corporation, Gary Playford former MCCSC uh, staff member and uh, administrator who's the instruct- an instructor at the IU School of Social Work and the author of Bullying and the Brain, and Lucy Berger, Director of Operations at Girls, Inc. of Monroe County. Please join us by calling 855-0811 or 285-9348, and the web address is wfiu.org slash noon edition. Saying that you guys are experts in bullying didn't sound exactly right. <laughs> yeah, not quite right. So <laughs> right. Like right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can go either way. <laughs> bullying prevention, yes. we, we talked during the break uh, about where we wanted to go for the second half of the show. And uh, even though Sierra is just with us um, online, apparently she had a spy here in the studio because her uh, her uh, email to us is very germane. She says, uh, Becky, is there is there a plan to do a media slash poster campaign in our schools to promote the Safe Schools hotline so that we can really work to quash the bike bystander effect. As you said, bullying occurs out of sight of adults. It almost always occurs in front uh, front of other kids. Um, One study says that 89% of teens bully in front of witnesses. Again, getting back to that power, I think Mm -hmm. you have more power if you have witnesses. Um, I see a huge opportunity to increase self-accountability with students via that hotline. 
So right. we talked about right. the Good. bystander yeah, effect a little bring, bit. During... I wanted to bring that up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, the bystander role is um, critical in these bullying situations. However, oftentimes students do feel nervous about making any kind of report or telling anyone um, due to fear of retaliation upon them or, um, you know, maybe – um, they will be shunned from the group um, because they've told. Um, so we do have an anonymous safe school hotline. Um, it's 330-2494. Um, it is not any kind of live caller or anything. It is a voice mailbox. So um, anyone, student, parent, teacher, can call and leave an anonymous message um, about an unsafe situation that they're concerned about. Um, we do have posters that are um, up in all of our buildings um, and um, available to um, anyone who, who walks in the door. We try to have them hung in our main offices at all of our buildings and other places in the building. Um, we also have it listed on our school website. Um, we also... Um, I know we have it listed some other places, too, that are, that are just out of my mind right now. Mm-hmm. But we are trying to make sure anytime we have a newsletter or anything like that, we try to put it in there as well. Um, so we are trying to get that number out there and that information out there to all of our students and parents to make sure that they're aware. Um, and, you know, we've kind of started that campaign already, and we're just trying to make sure that we continue at it. So so what should a kid do? Let's say, uh, let's say they're 12-year-olds. We'll just pick 12-year-olds. And there's a group that's um, bullying or one particular person who's bullying an, another one. And you're a bystander in the group. You're a 12-year-old in the group that likes this other kid, doesn't want to see this go on. Mm-hmm. You know, what what should you do? I mean, I know if you if you get in the middle of it and the other guy's really big or the other girl's really big, it could be trouble. What do you do, Gary? Well, you you can't ask the the child to get in the middle of it because they could then become the victim, the next victim. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, what they can do is they need to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's anonymously, they need to tell. Another thing they can do is is support the victim. Go up to the victim afterwards and say, you know, what happened to you wasn't right. You need to tell someone. I'll go with you. You know, that's support, which often victims are not getting. Mm-hmm. So they, they can do some things like that. And they can – bystanders can, as a group, start to sign pledges, you know, at the school. Hey, let's take a stand as groups that this is not right, that we don't do this. So there are things you can do. It, it's difficult to intervene in that specific event, but there are things you can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have a phone call from Dave from Bloomington. Dave? Hi. Hey, Dave. Um, I, I'm an employee at Indiana University, and uh, the university has a program called the Employees Assistance Program that deals with that same type of bullying activity, whether, like you brought up before, a uh, supervisor against a, uh, an employee. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, is there a program in the works, or is it possible to create a program where someone who has been the victim of a bullying experience to obtain private counseling away from the school system that would give them the kinds of backup materials and information that they need to kind of alleviate the bullying behavior. Okay, good question. Does any of you know of any? Uh... Um, I mean, for our students, um our school social workers and, and guidance counselors are always available to um, work with students and parents and make um, outside referrals for therapists and counselors. In fact, on a daily basis, I think our social workers are um, are you know talking with parents and students about that and giving them different options that are out in the community if if um, if the parent feels like um, some sort of private counseling outside of school would be beneficial for for their child. Um, that's definitely an option, um, and that that is something that that we encourage if we think it's something that might be helpful. Um, in terms of um, the adults in our buildings and um, and staff and teachers and so forth, you know, we also have the EAP program, the Employee Assistance Program, um, and so that that's always a possibility for them as well. Mm-hmm. Dave, as part of your uh question, does it sort of revolve around the fact that, you know, if a kid has been bullied and then goes into a, a counselor's office and uh, the bully or the bully's friends walk by and see him coming out of the office, that it could lead to more trouble? Well, I, I think that may be part of it. But then the other 
portion is is that it's if if I go to if I were a student and I went to see a counselor and brought up the issue, that counselor is still part of the school system itself. Mm-hmm. So I would be intimidated mm-hmm. um, to bring that issue up within the school setting. And my question is really is more. Is there an opportunity or an option, perhaps, for that type of counseling to go on away from the school setting where the child wouldn't be as intimidated? Okay. So is there like a – well, there is the hotline, but that goes to a school employee. Mm -hmm. Sierra is writing in, and she says – again, Sierra from Middleway House. She says that Middleway House has resources um, um, in in place for, for what you're talking about right now, Dave. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the community agencies do, you know, we have our Youth Services Bureau, um, which is really helpful. There's Centerstone, Meadows. Um, you know, a lot of our community agencies do have programs and services that are available for, for adolescents. And this you, is also why parents need to be involved. Yeah, because absolutely. Because we need to educate mm-hmm. parents what about say. what they can do, and, mm-hmm. and they can get their own child to help, too. Yeah. Sierra says, uh, Middleway House Crisis Line 336-0846, they have survivor victim, survivor slash victim, um, reviewed counseling and peer educators to connect with people who are bullied and abused at work. Okay. All right. Well, Dave, thanks a lot for that call. Yeah, it's um, an interesting point. Thanks. Yeah, I did want to ask Lucy also. I mean, the, the, I would assume that the kids who come to Girls, Inc., um, if they've got, you know, they, they would have support from you if they came. Oh, absolutely. You know, right? We will provide the support that we can. We mm-hmm. are not um, trained sure. therapists or psychologists at all. Um, so oftentimes, sure. if it's beyond anything, if, if providing the safe place and being a vi- very positive environment is not exactly what it takes. We're going to um, refer them to talk to their school um, guidance counselor, or their teachers. We're going to sit down with them and their parents and talk about it and then give them whatever information we can to refer them to any agency that we can possibly do. Um, we have phone numbers and things that we will hand out as well. So we do the best we can. But like I said, we're not trained therapists, so we don't want to we don't want to cross into that boundary. Mm-hmm. But we will refer them to the school teachers, their parents, and anything else that we can do to help, certainly. Okay, let's go to the phones. Uh, we have a phone call from Joel. Joel? Panel. Hello, Joel. Hi. I wonder if the panel can discuss uh, direct action uh, instead of going to third party. Sometimes, uh, as Mary Catherine pointed out, it's a power play, and most bullies will pick on somebody they perceive as being weaker, and if that person decides to, let's just say, fight back, uh, sometimes that ends the bullying. I know it happened in my high school where two guys were bullying me. We got in short fist to cuff, and I won, and that was the end of that. So, so direct action, uh, it may not be for everybody, but it is a possibility, and maybe two or three kids who are bullied could kind of band together and go against the bully. So uh, I wondered if they could discuss that. And adults can bully other adults, too. So uh, I hope we don't limit this just to 12-year-olds. Right. Okay. Well, sometimes well, that can happen. So yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we see that in movies sometimes. Does mm-hmm. that happen where the where kids can sort of get together and and, and do you recommend it? Um, I can jump in here. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't necessarily. Uh, we sometimes we get the fight back. Um, we we really don't advocate for that. What we do is advocate for is if you're having a problem with somebody that constantly. We want to get you guys together and talk to you and talk through the problems. Um, oftentimes. Oftentimes, understanding is a huge gateway to to minimalizing the bullying a lot of times. So we are all about talking it out at Girls, Inc. if we can. Um, we really do not encourage fighting back. We have a strict no-hitting policy in our center, in fact. So um, it's something that we don't like to see. But um, we will sit down if it's individually with each kid first and then bring them together and talk it out after we've heard each side of the story on a calm basis. Um but beyond that, again, we will refer to... How successful is that? It's actually very successful. Um, I think a lot of times the miscommunication or just not knowing where another person is coming from actually is intensifies some of the bullying that we see. So when we get the kids to talk about how they feel about what's going on, oftentimes the bully doesn't realize that that's how they're making their, their victim feel and um, is like, that's terrible <laughs> and uh-huh. wouldn't want to feel that way themselves. And honestly, it, um, 
it really helps. And I've been at Girls Inc. for nine years and been doing this for that long. And I've I've seen that work tremendously. Um, and we always encourage our girls to talk it out. Uh, what did you find to be the most popular, uh, sorry, not popular, but the most common cause of bullying? Oh, uh, it it really varies widely. I, I can't speak to the most common cause because it's different every single time. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I think there is Thank value you. Thank in, you a lot, in, uh, in teaching children to be assertive, uh, to stand up for their rights. But that's yeah. different from teaching them to swing. <laughs> right. You know. Well, it's, it's, yeah, I, th- I can see how that would just be an escalation in, in the whole process as opposed to a de-escalation, which hopefully the yeah. talking it out. Approach. Yeah, and Joel. Take, uh, not not that playground. You know, uh, the playground has its own rules. You, you know, you got to learn those. That's part of life. But. Well, and you know, Joel said that he won against the bullies, but you know what? <laughs> Doesn't always happen that way either. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's go to uh, Ted. Ted. Hello. Hey, Ted. Uh, I have the simple answer to this question. Maybe yes. <laughs> okay. uh, Thanks for your call, uh, Ted. <laughs> yes, um, thank you. Uh, a, can a victim become a bully, or conversely, can a bully become a victim? Gary's. Yes, uh, yes absolutely. Yes. They're, they're all vigorously shaking their hands. Yes. Sure, it, it, <laughs> happens, it happens quite a bit, especially when you're talking about cyberbullying. Uh, uh, once a child has been a victim of cyberbullying, they're much more likely to then become a cyberbully themselves. Be, and one of the reasons is because of the anonymity of it. Mm-hmm. You can do it without people knowing uh, that it's you. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, uh, there was a study. They found that 41% of the victims of cyberbullying did not know who the, the bully was. Can you give us a definition of cyberbullying? What, what kind of bullying is going on online? I, um, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Just a few things that I, that I know about. And then, Becky, if you have other things or okay. want to jump in, that's fine. Um, some of it, I'll take you here and go. Okay, oh. Des. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Um, some of the things included in the cyberbullying umbrella include um, signing up in, on Facebook for an account under somebody else's name with a slightly different spelling and attacking that way, attacking other people, which will isolate the, the actual victim who's not the person that it seems like they are, um, along with making threats via um, Facebook and Twitter messaging systems. Um, text message blitzing on cell phones, which can often rack up huge cell phone bills. Um, definitely these things are, what are about, part of that. What about gossip? Like gossiping about somebody, that would be a form? Starting rumors about people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. People. Certainly. Starting rumors is definitely a form of bullying. I would think, too, in this today's world, it's so easy to manipulate media. You could, mm-hmm. you know, a kid could easily falsify a photograph and and put that online. And and have you seen that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's that. what I think Lucy summed summed it up pretty well. And and you know, cyberbullying, the definition and how it differs from bullying is that it's pretty much the same, except that with cyberbullying, it's using any form of internet or digital technology, mm-hmm. mobile phone, that kind of thing. And um, you know, you you can be more creative, and we yep. do see that a lot. Where um, you know students are creating these fake accounts and yep. attacking other students in that way. Another difference with cyberbullying and physical bullying or relational aggression is those occur face to face. The physical bullying. And so there's a safe haven. You know, at least when you go home, you can get away from it. But as an adolescent, if you've got your cell phone with you all the time, and they typically do, then there's no safe haven. You never get away from it. I would think that, you know, the title of your book is Bullying in the Brain. I would think that this would be a terrible stressor. It is a huge stressor. Uh, it, um it's a it's a major stressor that kids grow up with, and and there's a a whole lot of information uh, about stress and and how we deal with stress. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm currently writing a book about stress. In fact, we'll do that. Show, we'll do that show yeah. next year. Right. But for children, especially, I mean, with they don't have the life experience to put this sort of thing in perspective. Right. And you know, it's hard to remember that tomorrow is another day when when you're right. a kid and things do get better. And so, I would think that there would be. Severe emotional and physical ramifications from being the recipient of 
um, abuse, which is what bullying right. is. There, there's a thing that we call impact bias, and we all suffer with that somewhat, that we think events are going to have much more of an impact on our life than what they really do. Mm-hmm. But as adults, we that lessens. We realize there is a tomorrow. The sun's going to sh- get up tomorrow, mm-hmm. rise tomorrow. But as, as adolescents, they don't realize that nearly as, mm-hmm. as easily. So, so the impact bias is much greater. Mm-hmm. And they think this is the end of my world because this is happening. Mm-hmm. All right. Our phone numbers again are 855-0811 in Bloomington, 877-285-9348. And the web address is wfiu.org slash noon edition. Valerie is on the phone. Valerie? Um, yeah, I'd like to just briefly relate my own personal experience with bullying, and then I'll get to my question. I, I had rheumatic fever when I was five, and this has been many years ago in the early 1950s. And um, my two older siblings taunted me constantly, you know, Mommy's a rheumatic fever baby. You know, and looking back on it, it was, you know, they were jealous for the attention. I was getting, you know, necessarily added attention, you know, and, my parents having especially my mother spending time with me and caregiving and you know looking back on it i can think gee what a wonderful opportunity this might have been for her to teach these young you know my brother was what seven and my older sister was nine or ten you know she could have taught them compassion and empathy for a sick person and you know unfortunately she didn't take that opportunity in fact she was a pretty non-participating bystander. So this gets to my question, is there any effort in the schools or any of these other groups to address this issue in younger children? And I don't, I'm not a child psychologist, so I don't really know how receptive children as young as, you know, four, five, six, seven might be to learning emotional intelligence. But at least in my situation, it was, you know, I'm 63 now and I, I certainly remember it. So I'll take the answer off the air. Thank you. Becky, you want to address that? Yes, um, absolutely. And the you know, the younger that we can start teaching children these skills, um, the better. So um, in the schools, we most definitely um, do have some programs where we try to teach social skills and help with that emotional intelligence. Um, actually, in many of our, most of our elementary schools, we utilize what's called the Second Step Program, um, which is a social skills um, curriculum that uh, has a really good reputation. It's evidence-based. Um, and we also have um, a lot of different social skills groups that are happening in our elementary schools to help children who might be having some difficulty um, with peer relationships and um, kind of building their emotional intelligence. So um, we're, we're absolutely addressing those issues at as young an age as, as possible and continue to provide programs and activities for them as they go through elementary school. There are also things parents can do uh, here and and really should be doing in teaching emotional intelligence besides just modeling it. Um, it, We have opportunities all the time because children watch movies. They read books. And we can talk about those. We can talk about what's the plot, what happened. But we also can talk about the emotions of the characters. What was this character feeling? Why do you think they were feeling that? What were they doing to to show that this is what they were feeling? How would you have felt if this happened to you? You know, what would you what do you think you've done? We can talk about those things. These are great opportunities and we're building the recognition of emotions by doing that, which is the basis for then managing your own emotions is the basis for feeling empathy for other people. It's the basis for developing long-term relationships with other people. So it's really critical. And, and there's a lot that parents can do very simply just by, by having those conversations. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to the phone again. We have Kay on the line. Kay? Hi. Hi, Kay. I have um, just, a, a, just a little different perspective on bullying. And it comes from um, my son's experience in middle school. Um, he's a big kid, and um, he was bullied, but it was sort of indirect bullying in that um, I like to say the person who I think was the bully was actually just an instigator. Um, didn't directly speak uh, to him and call him names like we typically think of or belittle him, but it was uh, somebody who would go to him and say, this kid's saying this about you. It's sort of like what you talked about, cyberbullying. Um, and then they believe each other in that at that age. And so they actually believe that it's true. Um, 
and it, it's rather insidious because them, the two kids who actually clash are the ones that get in trouble. The bullier actually doesn't. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to respond to that? It sounds sounds like a, a well, situation that's probably pretty. That's along the lines of relational aggression. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have f- physical bullying, relational aggression, and cyberbullying. And cyberbullying goes along the lines of more relational aggression, too. Um, but the relational aggression is like playing games like let's you and him fight, you know, <laughs> and right. I'll be the instigator and I'll get it going, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you can do that kind of thing. Start rumors about someone, uh, put someone down. So it's not the physical, and that sounds like what this, uh, this other boy was doing, was, mm-hmm. was the relational aggression yeah. kinds of things. Right, and... Um and uh, the other issue, the other thing that I found out, which I, is new to me, and I haven't heard anybody mention this, is that in the case of cyberbullying, um, what you put on Facebook, um, your comments, you personally can go in and delete them, and they, it gets deleted everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, whatever you wrote, you can essentially erase, and it's hard to trust. After the damage is done, you're saying? Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Um, you you can go in and delete things, um, and you know, it, as an advocate, I mean. You can also go in and, and report things, too. So mm-hmm. um, we've definitely reported, if we are aware of a fake site or something like that, we've definitely reported that to Facebook, reported it to Twitter and so forth. Mm-hmm. does make for a good who-me defense, however. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we see bullying on our uh, website through our comments. I mean, Oh, that's yeah. true. And you people, people <laughs> you know, will report it and will remove the offending comment. But, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's... It happens. So um, I guess we, we only have about five minutes to go, and I wanted to give you the opportunity to sort of give some tips. Uh, so ta- the takeaways for, uh, you know, the, the kid who's being bullied, the bystander, for a bully even, something maybe a bully should know, and, and of course, for parents. You can pick any or all of those. I'd like to um, repeat what I said about uh, teaching emotional intelligence about um, uh, using movies, using you know, because in doing that, you can you can help build uh, emotional intelligence and the re- the recognition of emotions uh, with the bully. You can build the recognition with bystanders uh, so that they understand it, so they start feeling empathy. Because if they feel empathy for what the victim's going through, then they're much more likely to say, "Hey, this isn't right," you mm-hmm. know, and take a stand. Mm-hmm. And you can. Uh, help the victim because that's the basis the recognition of emotions is is necessary to start then managing emotions to start being resilient and to be able to bounce back and come back from things so so it impacts all groups so i would say that's a a good place for parents to start Mm -hmm. is is doing that kind of thing okay becky i guess what i'd like to say is just in regards to those those three main roles and um that it's just it's so important for um, the person who is a target of bullying and bystanders to um, to report it and seek help. You know, mm-hmm. find somebody you feel like you can trust, an adult. Talk to them about it. We'll help you come up with a creative solution. Um, you know, in the schools, we know that just you know blowing the whistle right away isn't necessarily what's going to be the safest thing mm-hmm. for the target um, or the bystanders. So you know, we will listen. We'll we'll try to figure out what's the best way we can solve this problem. Um, and that for um, bystanders, you know, there is strength in numbers. And a lot of times, I talk to students about the fact that they may not realize that they're not the only one who feels really uncomfortable when this bully is yeah. is doing this. And, you know, let, let's all come together and try and stand up together for um, for the target of this of this bully and um, and be an ally and be a hero, you know. Um, and then, you know, as far as the, the bully, I think that it's it is important to recognize that um, people who are bullies oftentimes do have a lot going on. Um, not only do they um, possibly have some things going on in their life that's causing them to um, to behave in this way. But again, similar to what Lucy said earlier, a lot of times they don't realize just 
how much of an impact their behavior is having on the target. Um, sometimes bullies think that they're just teasing. Oh, it's just funny. I'm just teasing, you know. And then they find out that the target has been, you know, in agony over this. And then they'll go, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. So, again, talking through these things really is important. So that, that's can, pretty much what I want to say. Can I follow up on that? And the go, mm-hmm. I guess it goes back to one of the questions we had earlier about can a bully also – be bullied. And I would think a lot of times you've got maybe a big kid who is being, I don't know, maybe pushed around at home by an older brother or by a a parent or somebody or somebody else in his life. And so, you know, he comes to school and sort of takes it out on other people. Is that Mm -hmm. reasonable? Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, Lucy? Um, I just, I guess the one thing I want to say is if you have kids in your life or other people, um, even adults, I guess sometimes, but um, talk to those kids. Find out what's going on at school. Find out. Fi- they might be a bystander. They might be the bully. They might be the bullied. And the only way you're going to find out about it is by talking to them. Um, whether you work in a youth work capacity like like I do or in the school setting or you're a parent, the only way you can get to the bottom of these things is by talking to the kids and hearing what they have to say. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we forget that kids also have a voice, and yeah. it's really mm-hmm. important to listen to them because you can't know that something's wrong until you talk to them. Okay. Mary Catherine? Well, we've had a couple more comments um, from Sierra Olivia Thomas with Middleway House. Um, this is one I think is particularly germane to what we're talking about right now. She says, she, I think that victims often find power, the power they lost via aggressive pe- via an aggressive peer through bullying others. It is a vicious cycle, which is why we need to change the culture that really seems to support student or support violent behavior as an integral aspect of our experiences as youth. She's thinking about teen movies, music, et cetera. So mm-hmm. really, she's, she traces it all back to the, our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this and another comment. Do you have one more comment? I do, we yeah. we got time for one oh, more okay, comment. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Um, scrolling. Uh, <laughs> she says that we have to remember that teachers are often not present when bullying takes place. So they have to hash out, the children have to hash out the fight via other means, by figuring out what happened, by talking to the students, et cetera. Teachers have history with the students they're dealing with. None of these things happen in a vacuum. Teachers have to consider prior behaviors, et cetera. And she fi- finishes with, she, won- she often wonders how teachers can find the time to regulate behavior and teach the ever-growing <laughs> curriculum. So certainly uh, showing empathy with teachers in that situation. All right. We are out of time. I want to thank you all for being here. Becky Rose, uh, Lucy Berger, and Gary Playford, thanks. It was a great program. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producers Gretchen Frazee and Julie Raw, and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933, online at mypremierortho.com.